Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com This week we read a double parasha Matos Masay and in parasha Matos eh, we learn that the Hashem sends the Jewish people to fight the, the war of Midian. The Midianites started attacking the Jewish people for no reason and uh, so the Jewish people have to go and wage war against them and Baruch Hashem with the help of God they came out victorious. The Torah recounts with great detail exactly how much of everything they came back with, like the spoils. Uh, they killed everybody, they killed all the men, and they were left with the women and the cattle and all the riches that they left behind. And the Torah, this Torah portion, comes to explain with the, a lot of detail of the amount of cattle, the amount of everything that was left behind. Uh, it's very technical and a little boring, but in all this technicality we can see that there's a miracle that comes out, that it can be found in this parasha. And we see how God spoke to Moses saying, take revenge for the children of Israel against the Midianites. Afterwards you will be gathered to your people. So what it's talking about, gathered to your people, is that this battle with the Midianites is the last war that Moshe takes part of. After this war, he passes away. He is, it's the last war he wages. And we see also in this parasha how he appoints Pinhas as the head of the army. And they're very successful. So God spoke to Moses and he says that the plunder uh, must be equally divided amongst the warriors and an entire congregation. So we see here that the soldiers they, they took part of this plunder and part of it was given to the civilians. Also, we, we learn from this parasha that there's a mitzvah to pay taxes of what they gained from the war and they had to give half, half uh, they have to pay a tax to Elazar, the, the Kohen Gadol, as a gift, gift for God. And from the half belonging to the children of Israel, they had to give, um, uh, part of the 50 of the people of the cattle and give it to the Levites which were the guardians of the Mishkan. So the soldiers paid a 0.2% of a tax to Elazar the high priest and the civilians had to pay 2% of the tax to the Levites. So the Torah does not suffice with saying that, they, that the soldiers paid 0.2%. Actually it, it, it does the math and spells out the, the numbers and it's very precise enumerating every little thing they had and how they divided it and it's like a big math equation and we see that it's very very detailed and they gave 675 sheep, 72 cows, 61 donkeys and 30, 32 people. However when describing the spoils uh, that came to the civilians and they had to do, they have to give 2% of the tax to the, to the Levites. The Torah does not specify in great detail uh, about what, what each little thing was given to the, to the Levites. So why is there this inconsistency in the, in the Torah? What is the Torah trying to tell us? Because everything that the Torah says to us or doesn't say to us, in reality, is really telling us something. So the Rambam begins to peel back the layers to uncover the hidden messaging here. And why does the Torah need to spell out all of these 
numbers at all, surely we can figure it out ourselves. Like if we take uh, your good head or you take your calculator, you can make the math and you'll see how everything falls into place. But the Rambam answers that with all these numbers and details, the Torah is letting us know of an incredible miracle that happened uh, at this time. Like the whole thing of all these calculations is to show us how God runs nature. And the, coin, the, the considerable amount of time before the Jews return to the, to the camp with the spoils uh, is what tells us what the miracle was because it doesn't make sense that all the cattle they, they took with them uh, was alive when they came to the Jewish camp. It, it, it doesn't make sense. The normal would be that some of the cattle would have died in the way. But here we see that everything uh, was alive and well when they came back. So Elazar and the Levites received a full share of the taxes without a single animal dying in the process. And we see here that God, we know from Torah thought, a Jewish thought that God does not perform miracles just for the fun of it. Like Hashem, yes, he's a miracle worker, but we don't see like the world is a miraculous place. Like everything falls into nature. If you really look deep, deep, deep inside, everything is a miracle. But Hashem makes us believe that everything falls in the hands of, of Mother Nature and everything is run by nature. Because nature in reality is very dear for Hashem and he doesn't tamper with it, it, because if he would tamper with nature consistently, then we would have no free will. And he, for him, it's very important that we are able to choose to connect to him and to do good. So the other thing that seems miraculously, miraculous is that the Jews were able to divide everything and give their respective taxes um, of 1 50th and 1 500th without any remaining uh, fraction. It, everything was divided exact. It was exact. It, nothing was left over. And what are the chances of this happening by accident? In reality, it, there's almost no chance. So the Jews were given a special mitzvah to pay ta the, the taxes from the spoils of the war. This was a very special mitzvah given to them. And now that we know that any remaining fraction would have not been part of the taxes because it would be left over. We see that for Hashem it was so important that the Jews gave these taxes in, in exact amount that he created everything in a way in which the Jewish people came out of this war with the exact number of spoils that could be divided into. So Hashem not only gave them an exact number of animals, but he also kept them alive so the Jews would fulfill this mitzvah to its exact detail. And uh, the message here, which is important to note, is that the natural world cannot stand in contradiction to God's will. Like, everything goes as Hashem plans. The, even the natural world, what we think it's natural, it's a mother nature or the forces of the universe, in reality is a exact for running exact in Hashem's will. So the descent of the soul into this world, into this material world, and it's put in a body, confines it to very limited, uh, not in, in, it, it limits us, it makes us live in a natural way. To live in a natural way makes people limited. Uh, we're limited by nature, a hurricane is coming, you have to put on your shutters or you have to go away. Like, 
we're limited or our, our bodies, they, they have a certain capacity. Uh, some people can run a marathon, other people can't run a marathon. So we're very limited by our own uh, constrictions of the natural world. But the paradox is that if we do Hashem's will, if we live our lives fulfilling the will of God, the world will expand for us in unbelievable ways. So when you do what Hashem wants from you, He, he gives you that special help <coughs> under, the, under the table. And the, the example would be, for example, if you take business, people are taught that they have to work very hard, that they have to wake up very early, they have to work, I don't know, 20 hours a day, the most that you can uh, take, so you can make a lot of money. And uh, if you take an hour off, then you're not gonna make enough. And uh, also you have to trick the system, because if you don't trick the system, then you're not gonna be able to make the amount of money you want. And uh, and this is how people are made to believe. But the Torah tells us differently. The Torah tells us, no, you, you don't need to work all day. You can go and, and, and pray for one hour. You can pray for one hour. You can learn one hour. You can take one hour for lunch. Then you have to go back and pray at, at the time of Minha. And then you could learn another hour. And what is it telling us? It's the complete opposite. And people really are scared of doing Hashem's will because they feel like if they don't put all their, their work in, in, in their life, they're not going to be able to gain anything or, or stop working on Shabbat. Some people say, no, if I close my store on Shabbat, I'm going to lose money. And here, what this parasha is telling us is that it's the opposite, that Hashem alters the nature in a certain way so you can make the money you need to make, even if you're not working 20 hours a day seven days a week. So we see here that, the, that, that this, is, this is the teaching of this parasha, really. And this can be further from the truth. And there's a story that talks about Rabbi Meir Rafals, a disciple of the Alter Rebbe, that was once traveling in a special carriage on a business venture. And on the way, Reb Meir realized that one of its seats, strings had become uh, detached. And this made that his tzitzit was not a kosher tzitzit. And so he immediately instructed the wagon driver to stop the travel because he didn't want to, to travel even for a mot. For a mot is four um, from the elbow to your hand uh, measurement, four of these, without a kosher tzitzit. And he waited in the road for many hours to see if someone would come with a string and he could attach it to his tzitzit and make them again kosher. And after many hours of waiting, and it was already getting very dark, uh, I, he saw that someone was approaching, and he noticed this person. He started yelling to him and saying, hello, hello, stop. Please don't ignore me. I need help. So the man stopped, and, uh, and, and he asked him, he asked him, do you have any strings? Do you think I could unload? And, and he said, I have strings, but do you think I can unload this heavy load I have? He was a merchant and he had all this load uh, that he was taking somewhere for business. And he says, I cannot unload all this to go and look for your strings. And at the same time, it's getting late. I need to get to the town before it becomes nighttime. And so Red Mayer said, even if I pay you a, 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 an amount of money, a handsome amount of money, wouldn't you do this for me? So he said, how much? A rubble? So he says, that's not worth it for me. This is a lot of, uh, of things I have here. 
And Rebbe Mayer promised, whatever you demand, I will pay. You tell me, whatever you want, I will give you whatever you ask me. So the, the merchant agreed, and he said, okay, give me everything you have. Everything, your wallet, your possessions, give me everything you have. So Rabbi Mayer quickly emptied his wallet, gave everything he had to the merchant, and immediately affixed the string to his seat and while later Rabbi Meir traveled to see the Alter Rebbe, as soon as Rabbi Meir entered the room of the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe rose from his seat and gave him back the money, the exact amount of money he had given this merchant for the, for the strings for his seat. And he asked him, how did you know? And he says uh, that it turned out that the merchant was actually the prophet Eliyahu Hanavi that had been sent to Rabbi Meir to test him to see if he really was a, a person that really believed and trusted in Hashem. And we see here that nature is God's creature. It's not that nature runs God, God runs nature, and it's there to help us do what God wants. So when you connect to the will of God and you do Hashem's will, as the story of Rabbi Meir, that he wouldn't walk even for a mot without a string in his seats that was lacking, we see how Hashem really turns the world around and uh, everything works for your benefit. So God manipulated nature in an extraordinary way and only to show the Jewish people that to fulfill a mitzvah, the Hashem puts nature in accordance so a Jew can fulfill a mitzvah. Never be scared of nature. Don't think it's going against you. It's always going in your favor when you're doing a mitzvah. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.